Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Shabbat Shalom, and happy Juneteenth. I want you to go on a journey with me back to Africa. When I started researching this, um, something hit me about the parallel between the African and the Jew. They have a similar story on the continent of Africa. God heard the cry of enslaved people, the Jew and the African. How many of you know that Egypt is not in the Middle East? It is on the continent of Africa. It is North Africa. You know, I'm young, y'all. I have to wear glasses. You know, when you're young, when you're young, you need a little help with some things. <laughs> Juneteenth is a remembrance of a righted wrong and a celebration of deliverance and freedom. Juneteenth, black liberation, black freedom day. um, Juneteenth is National Independence Day, Jubilee Day, Emancipation Day, Freedom Day. And we commemorate the emancipation of the displaced African. Imagine being forced out of your home, forced out of the place that is familiar to you, Forced to go where you don't want to go to a place where you are told you are not human and this is how you are to live for the rest of your life. That is the story of enslaved people. It, is, it was horrific and brutal. So horrific that it was written into the constitution of this land that a black man was three-fifths of a man. Imagine, you were born and raised and you were told you are not human. You don't have the same feelings, so anything can be done to you. You don't have the same intelligence, so we can't expect anything of you. This was the life of an 
enslaved person in this country. A horrible time. But there is a God who sits high, as we say in the black church, and looks low. And he heard the cry of an enslaved people. Let's start in the book of Genesis and Exodus, where we find the Jews going into slavery after the death of Joseph. For 400 years, they were enslaved and practically told the same thing. But God heard the cry of his people and remembered his promise. He delivered them, set them free, set them up, called them back to what he established them to be, and now we celebrate Passover. When we celebrate Passover, we remember the horror of slavery in Egypt. And we celebrate the deliverance and freedom that God brought. Now again, back on the continent of Africa, a little more south on the west coast of Africa, Another group of people are forced now out of Africa into a strange land set up to be nothing but servants, less than animals. Horses and cows, pigs and chickens were thought more of than black people in this country. That's the horror of slavery. It is ugly, but it is truth. There is a, a musician from um, New Orleans called John Batiste, and he's been winning awards. And his father, when he left New Orleans and, came and went to New York, he asked his father what should he do, and he said, his father told him, whatever you do, tell the truth. The black people of this nation say to the nation, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Juneteenth is a time where we face it, we speak about it, and we celebrate that God again heard the cries of an enslaved people. And no matter what was done to us, we had a hope and a knowing in our inner man that this was a lie and this was not for us. There was even a Bible written for the slaves 10% of, of the Tanakh and half of the Brit Kaddishah. It was called the Slave Bible. Exodus was removed, the Psalms were, were removed, and the book of Revelation so that black people would not get an idea that you could be free and that you were equal. That's the truth. But God heard the cry of an enslaved people. And on June 19th, 1865, an announcement of General Order Number 3 by Union Army General Gordon Granger declaring freedom for the enslaved people of Texas. Texas was the last state of the Confederacy which still had institutional slavery. Now, they had increased 
their amount of slaves, and they weren't about to give them up, and they were the, the remotest state in the Confederacy. So when Abraham Lincoln um, signed the uh, uh, Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, I kept getting 1963 and 1863 confused even when I was writing it. When he signed it, you could only um, enforce it with the presence of the Union Army. So there was a low presence in Texas. So when this order was read, the people in Texas, the enslaved Africans, were set free. Interesting that you know that Tennessee has its own Emancipation Day? August 8th, 1863. Um, the the uh, military general at the time, Andrew Johnson, set his slaves free, which included his illegitimate children. Also, Kentucky and Missouri have August 8th, 1863 as their emancipation date and they celebrated those dates. I thought that was fascinating. I did not know that before. But Juneteenth is a time of great celebration for all Americans, not just black people. Because when you have your foot on my neck, I can't move and neither can you. You cripple us both. So freedom is for everyone. It's a blessing to everyone. So we invite you to celebrate Juneteenth. Now, black people celebrated when we first started celebrating in 1866. We celebrated with community church services. And you know, black people love to eat. We eat all the time. We like Jewish people. You know, Jewish people love to eat. That's what I like about it. One of the things. So we celebrated with food festivals, coming to church, thanking God for freedom. Now, in the latter years, we have a lot of festivals, and we have public readings of the Emancipation Proclamations. We read from famous black authors, such as Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington, W.E.B. Du Bois, one of my favorite writers of all time, Langston Hughes, um, anthropologist and writer, Zora Neale Hurston, all of these people, uh, Dr. Maya Angelou, who said, um, if a person tells you who they are, believe them. These people, and, and the list is, it, it goes on and on and on, and we do this in celebration and remembrance, that in the midst of horror, we still grew, we developed. Some of our finest writers were slave authors. Phyllis Wheatley was one of them. Um, the, the, I forgot the name of the, the, the enslaved person, 12 years a slave, who was a free man and was tricked into slavery for 12 years. These authors we celebrate all the time, but especially during this time. So we say to all of our brothers and sisters, celebrate freedom with us. This is a time of remembrance of the great God we serve, that he hears the cry of a people. He hears us individually. He hears us collectively. And he 
delivereth us. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. We pray. In your name. Amen. We read in Numbers chapter 9 about following the importance of the cloud uh, that went with Israel as they were traveling in the desert. Anan, the Anan is, and it really means to be something fruitful. What does a cloud bring but rain? And as we know in this heat, you know, and, and California really is experiencing it, you know, no rain, terrible droughts. Uh, in the Middle East, you need rain. So a cloud is a very positive sign because it's bringing rain, which will bring uh, fruit, ultimately, because of the vegetation and the agriculture. And so the following the cloud for us has to do with being fruitful for the Lord. So think of that as we see this portion in Numbers chapter 9, the first part, how important it is to follow the cloud and to be close to the cloud. Now, everyone was very excited at this concert. Maybe you remember this story of the senior band concert. It was a concert, and they were, they were upper seniors. They were all playing together. They had gotten together. They were trying to play. And the band leader lifted up his voice, and he said, and now for our final number, we will play Stars and Stripes Forever. And the trombonist cried out, oh, no. I just played that one. So it's very important to always be in sync, to be on the same page together, whether you're in a band or whether you're playing on a team, and most certainly in armed forces. You've got to be always in sync. So look at, look at this portion. I want you to read with me Numbers 9, verses 15. Look at this. On that day... The tabernacle, the Mishkan, was erected. Now, remember, it's going to be, they're traveling in the desert. They're going to take it apart. They're going to put it together, travel, put it together, assemble, assemble it, stay for a while, disassemble it, travel, reassemble it, uh, stay a while, disassemble it, travel. And let's, that's what it's all about. On the day the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle. By evening until morning, the cloud above the tent of the testimony had an appearance like fire. It was that way continually. The cloud covered it, and by night it appeared like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted up from above the tent, then the children of Israel would set out, and at the pace where the cloud set, place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would encamp, and the mouth, at the mouth of the Lord the children of Israel would set out, and at the mouth of the Lord they would encamp. All the days that the cloud remained over the tabernacle, they would remain in the camp. When the cloud would remain over the tabernacle many days, the children of Israel would obey the command of the Lord and not set out. At times the cloud stayed over the tabernacle only a few days, at Adonai's word, they would encamp. At Adonai's word, they would set out. At times, the cloud remained only from evening until morning, just overnight. When the cloud would lift, they would set out, whether by day or by night. When the cloud lifted, seems like it's repeating for a reason. They would set out, whether for two days or a month or a year, 
while the cloud remained over the tabernacle, children of Israel remained encamped and would not set out. So they'd stay put. But when it would lift, they would set out. At the Lord's word, they would encamp, and at the mouth of the Lord, they would set out. They obeyed the Lord's order by Moses' hand. So, tell me if this is correct, as we just read that passage. The tabernacle is erected, and the cloud covered it, right? Yes? And from evening until morning, it looked like fire, right? Okay. When the children of Israel would pack up the tabernacle and set out, the cloud would go with them. And then when they encamped, the cloud would settle with them, right? No. Very good. Very good. Okay. Was it just the opposite? Opposite. Very good. Okay. Just the opposite. Very good. Very good. All right. Some of you are sharp. Some of you are dull like I would have been. I would have said, well, that sounds good to me. Okay. Who's calling the shots? Are, right. Are we leading God or is God leading us in our lives? Do we dictate to him or he to us? That's the principle here, right? Who directs who? That's the principle. Direct my steps in your words, Psalm 119, 133, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Or the steps of a man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way, in Psalm 37, 23. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God, these are the mature, the Greek word is mature sons of God, the weas, the mature sons of God, Romans 8, 14. Not children, not children, but mature sons of, or, and daughters of God in Romans eight fourteen. if I'm led by not my will, but the Spirit of God. Rambam, Rambam or Nachmanides, the Sephardic Talm- Talmudist and physician of, the, of Spain in the 1200, period of around 1200, explains the need for so many examples of long and short encampments and journeys here. Even if the cloud remained for a long time at a site, then the people found that the people found inhospitable, inhospitable, they submitted to God's will. Sometimes the people may have wanted a long rest from a difficult journey, but the cloud stayed in, a, in place for only a number of days and then moved on. And sometimes they would have only an overnight respite from travel and be forced to leave in the morning. On, the, on other occasions, they would march through the night and then rest for a full day and a night. Then seeing that the cloud remained in place and thinking that they would make camp for a period of time, they would begin to unpack, and then the cloud would lift unexpectedly, making it more difficult to travel than if they had only had an overnight rest. Sometimes they would rest for two days and then get the signal to march at night. An even more difficult situation. Whatever the situation, the people marched and rested without complaint according to the word of God as dictated by the cloud. Now, it's interesting. In the next two chapters later, we're going to see one of two things that angers God the most, I think. And one is, and that is complaining. They're murmuring. They're complaining. Two things that really, I think, sins that, com- that upset God. One is complaining, and that's chapter 11. This is all in this parasha this week. And the other is being critical. Complaining is really more vertical. Complaining, 
to God. Complaining, oh, this is terrible. Oh, it's always terrible. Everything's horrible. The glass is always half empty. Never half full. Always complaining. Or, and then being critical is more horizontal. More being critical of other people. As if I'm perfect, right? So So I have a good position to be critical. No, I don't. And we see that. But here... Whenever the cloud lifted up from above the tent, then the children of Israel would set out, it says, 917. And the place the cloud settled, they would encamp. The cloud would determine where they started and stopped, not vice versa, right? They accompanied the cloud. The cloud did not accompany them. Now, let me say this. I mentioned this evidently last year because I found it in my notes from last year. This is sometimes, there is sometimes a different scene in biblical Judaism because we know there's great things about Judaism, and there's not so great things about Judaism. Things we would say we agree with, that are, we believe are biblical and wonderful, and we need to learn from as believers. And there's things that are, we don't, would say we disagree with, we don't see or think are biblical. This is, I think, something that's very biblical in biblical Judaism, and that we, I th- would say is, wrong, is not good in contemporary Christianity. Judaism stresses that the world was created for God. To reflect his glory. It's in the prayers like the Amida, the Amidah, or rather, and the Kaddish, and all Hebrew prayers beginning, all Hebrew prayers beginning with, what? how do all Hebrew prayers begin? Baruch Atah Adonai, right? Eloheinu Melech HaOlam. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. The prayer always begins, we're blessing God, You are the king of the universe. We're acknowledging God is king of the universe. But we've seen a shift in a volume of contemporary Christian in the Christian world. And that's true in part of the Jewish types of worship too. But especially in contemporary Christian worship, music, prayers, and messages to be very me-centric. And I don't mean that we don't need to be. God loves us and wants to minister to us personally. But it's... There's a danger of being me-centric rather than God-centric. And it's all about God being here for me and little or nothing about me being here for God. So we've got to be careful and watch that. Again, we're here for him first, and then, of course, he is here for us. Of course, he loves us, and of course, he, but it starts with him, right? And if we, if we switch that around, it's, 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 it's not a good thing. They encamped. They rested temporarily from directed movement, it means. And they would set out. Chana and Nasa, the two words. Let's say Chana and Nasa. Let's see. There we go. Yeah, there we go. One more time. Chana, the rest, and Nasa, to move. To move to a more suitable place. It's time to move. Time to rest, time to move. Right? Uh, many days, yamim rabim, and then yamim, that's uh, only a few days, yamim mispar, mispar, few days, etc., etc., it goes on. No pre-programmed schedule, short and long stops, sometimes in unfavorable locations. Cloud, the cloud parks, you think it's finally time to rest and settle, you unpack, suddenly clouds up, trumpet sounds, get up, travel. And, you know, as we all know, you, the more you can prepare and plan for a trip, the more you can relax. If you've got 
things. We always pack the last minute, you know, or always like the night before. But they couldn't do that. They had to totally rely upon God. They just had to totally rely upon This is our ancestors. This is the way we, we were. it was. It says, at the mouth of the Lord, at the mouth of the Lord, at the mouth of the Lord, again and again and again, in camping, setting out. And are not some of our problems due to us not heeding the mouth of the Lord, the word of the Lord? I leave before he has, or I stay after he's left. I get itchy feet or lazy feet. I don't want to go ahead of him, and I don't want to lag behind him. I want to go with him, with him. If he doesn't go, I don't want to go. That's what Moses said, right? If you don't go, Lord, we're not, I'm not going. I'm not going. If you're not going, I'm not going. Lot and his family hesitated to leave Sodom when the judgment of sulfur and fire was about to fall. He wanted to stay behind. God says, I'm, I'm moving on. Saul did the very opposite. When he offered the sacrifice, he didn't wait for Samuel. In this case, God through Samuel. He didn't wait. He said, I've got to do it now. I'm going to do it. I'm getting... No, Samuel's late. Too bad. He went ahead of God and paid the price. We have to be led by the Spirit of God. And that's in, in, if we're to be mature sons of God. If the cloud on the tabernacle... If the cloud is on the tabernacle, don't go anywhere. Do I want to be going without God? Likewise, the cloud moves, I better move with it. Do I want to remain without God where I am? I don't want to go alone, nor do I want to stay alone. Yeshua said in John 12, 26, if a man serves me, he must follow me. That, and where I am, there also will my servant be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. John 12, 26. There's a time to help. There's a time to heal. There's a time to be still and there's a time to rest. A time to be active and serving and a time... We never, we never can judge one another, which it is. You discern for yourself. Obey for yourself. Don't judge another what time it is for them. Many believers sadly go without God. They live lives without God except for minimal experiences. And there'll be little to show at the judgment seat of the Messiah. Mostly wood, hay, straw. Other believers go with God. Risk, discomfort, times of difficulty, misunderstood by others, sacrifice, perseverance. There'll be gold They'll have gold, silver, precious stones at the judgment seat of the Messiah. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 15. By the way, did you notice that if God is going to use anyone, he's going to have to crush them? If God's going to use you, he's going to have to crush you. I, I even have forgotten about some of it, and, and I don't say this to promote, say, myself as I'm anything special, because, I'm, again, I'm, we're all... any. But I, 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 haven't, I realized some, recently I was just seeing how God was, I was perceiving God crushing some other people, you know, and the things that he's brought in their lives. And I just, I didn't say, I can't say anything to them, but I just, 
I just know praying for them, I just say, I know God is doing this because he's got his hand on their lives to really use them in deeper levels and further ways of, of, of ministry. And then I remembered, wow, God, I forgot what you did in my, some things in my early life, too. I mean, you've done things later life, too, but I just forgot how you did this in my earlier life in ministry, too. You crushed me there, and I forgot the heartache that I'd been through. I thought, and I, and you know, I say, I, am I healed of that? Probably not. Not really. Never com- completely. Um, I still can break if I, I still, in a certain situation, will immediately burst into tears if I have contact in that situation. And that's okay. It's okay. Because God wants me broken. He wants me to be able to, to be that way. And if God's going to use you, he's got to crush us. You know, Paul says that many times in the New Testament. Second Corinthians, you know, is full of that. It's okay. Um, many believers... Can stay. Well, I won't think I'll read that. Oh, I'll say this. Can sadly stay at when God has already left. But I'm quite comfortable. I really don't prefer change. How dare the living God interrupt me? <laughs> Wood, hay, straw. Others stay with God, even though others all say it's foolish or a waste of time. Oh, how I want a change. Oh, how boring this is. What would I possibly, could I possibly be learning? But I'll stay. Because God's saying, stay. Gold, silver, precious stones. It's called faithfulness, endurance, perseverance. Yeshua said, if a man serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there also will my servant be. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you love that? Where I am, there my servant will be. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. Again, John 12, 26. Ruth said, for where you go, I will go to Naomi. And where you stay, I will stay. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. Revelation 14, 4. For some, it's easy to sit still. For others, it's incredibly painful. For some, it's easy to launch out. For others, it's petrifying. But the following the cloud is what's important. The anan, the cloud is what's going to, is what's making us fruitful. The cloud is going to bring the rain, make us productive. Follow the cloud. With the cloud, I'll be fruitful. Without it, I'll be unfruitful. Stay with the cloud. Move with the cloud. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. In Hebrews eleven six, for the one who comes to Him must believe that He is that he's a rewarder of those who diligently who, who seek him. It takes faith to go. It takes faith to stay, to depend and rely on him. What is God saying to me today? Stop or go? Rest or move? Get up or sit down? Start, stay. <laughs> get active helping. Get quiet listening. It's okay. Listen and obey. That's an important thing. Be where the cloud is. Now, the second portion in chapters 11 and 12, because there's so many, these are different themes in this parsha, but the other two themes are, as I said, the two sins that angered God here are complaining 
and then being critical. And the complaining was with, in chapter 11, in both cases, God's anger. You know what anger is in Hebrew is, is af. It's, uh, and you know what af is in Hebrew? It's part of the body. It's the nose. And the only thing I can think of is, you know, is, what is, is like a horse. You ever see a horse when it, you ever hear like a horse breathe out like hard? I can't, you can't do it. I know. I don't want to make a mess. But, you know, a horse goes, makes that noise with its Well, that's kind of like, so that's the, the picture in Hebrew, like the anger, God's anger, the nose. His anger is, it says it burns and his anger is very hot here. Um, but anyway, the, in chapter 11, it says uh, that the people were murmuring in the ears about their hardship, and the Lord's anger burned, and the fire blazed. And uh, they were complaining, and they forgot. It's crazy. All they could think about was the food. They're complaining that the place was... Uh, the grumblers, they began to say, that have cravings, said, oh, if we could just eat some food, some meat, we remember the fish that we used to eat in Egypt for free. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. And so it's almost like, and they forgot their slavery. It's so crazy because in the midst of them complaining about what they didn't have, they forgot how miserable they really were there. They forgot all the misery because they were just focused on what they didn't have now. And, you know, there's a verse, I always love this verse, Ecclesiastes 4, uh, 7.10 says, Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For it's not from wisdom that you ask this. When I start thinking, you know, why were the former, saying, why were the former days better than, that's not healthy. Rather than complaining, let me just say this, be grateful, right? Let's purpose, to, rather than complain like they did here, let's, and thinking we deserve better, you know, let's purpose to be grateful, to thank God. If I'm tempted to complain about something, think about something you can be thankful for. Think about something I can be, praise God, be content for. It says, be, 1 Timothy 6, 6, 6, 6 says, be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Or Hebrews 13, 5, uh, be content with what you have. And what it says, what we have, uh, let your life be free. It says, for he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I have God. That's enough. I mean, that's, that's the best thing I have. I have God, so be content with God uh, is really the context there. Do everything without grumbling and arguing in Philippians 2.14. You know, don't complain, but be grateful. Be, be grateful. And they were murmuring over their loss. The word in Anan in Numbers 11 was what they, means loss. They, what they, uh, they're mourning over what they once had and no longer had rather than being thankful for what they had. Um, oh, yeah, I know. It's, a, it's like we, we laugh at the uh, joke that the waiter of the waiter who goes up to the table of Jewish women, sorry, women, and asks, is anything all right? Uh, but really, really, it's not funny to God when we find fault or complain about everything, right? And we're always seeing the cup, as I said, half empty rather than, you know, rather than, and we're griping about everything. And, and, uh, and there's, you know, it, it's, there, there's no answer for, for that. If someone's constantly negative, there's no answer except to change my whole perspective uh, and, and start to tr- 
to um, put on the new man, you know. Take off the old self, put on the new self. So as Romans 8 and Colossians 3, etc. say. So uh, very important. And the, the other thing in this context here is rather is not only complaining but being critical, being critical, and that's in chapter 12, dealing with chapter 12. Rather than criticize, edify. Rather than criticize someone, build up. Say something positive about someone else. Encourage someone. I'm in no position to judge. You know, um, who am I to judge? Who are you to judge another servant before his own mastery stands or falls uh, in Romans 14, 4, uh, and the Lord is able to make him stand? This is the, the best principle there. Uh, again, there's so much. And what happened with Miriam and Aaron with their brother Moses, you know, and, and thinking they were in a position to tell him, you know, to, to correct him about his Cushite wife and the whole story there. And, and God took, you know, God intervened. Moses didn't defend himself. Moses let God do it, and God did do it. <laughs> God really stepped in. Moses was humble, and he just let, said, you know, I'll let God step in here. Um, and he did. He really did. But we don't want to anger the Lord with, our, with being either uh, complaining, spirit, a spirit of complaining, or a, spirit, a critical spirit, do we? I know we don't. I know I don't, and I know you don't. So, Father, we just pray uh, today that we would have the right uh, heart and spirit, Lord God, to be grateful and thankful and to encourage and build up. Always see the best and know that everything is through your, is, is undeserved and by your grace and to recognize your appointments, your purpose. And, Lord, we want to follow the cloud. We want to be fruitful, Lord, as we walk with you, go with you, stay with you, and go with you in all that, in every way that you lead us, Lord. We thank you. We praise you, Lord God, for your amazing, amazing grace today. B'Shem Yeshua. And if you've never trusted Yeshua, you've never invited Jesus, the Messiah of Israel, the, into your life, take a moment and do that right now. Say, God, I need you. I humble myself. Lord, I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. I want to follow you. Lord, I don't care what other people think. I care what you think. I want to stand. Be, I'm going to ultimately stand before you, and I want your I want your uh, favor on my life, God, so I give myself to you. I want your forgiveness of my sins. Forgive me, Lord, for my sins and come into my life. Thank you for paying for them, and I'm trusting Yeshua, Jesus. And if you're praying to receive him today, then let us know, and we'll contact, contact us, and we will contact you back. And if you're here today, you're praying, please come talk to someone afterwards. Pray, they'll pray with you after the service. Uh, Praise the Lord. Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yivarechecha Adonai ve'yishmorecha Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'chunecha Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach Sar HaShalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his face 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. God bless you.